What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Why not make this show your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, available wherever you get podcasts. So just start your day listening to Locked on Blazers. Tell your friends to do the same. Then you'll have something to chat about and argue about by the time you get to lunch. In today's show, Actually, let's start with this. The answer to the question is no, probably not, no. Now let's talk about what the question is. On Saturday afternoon, we're going to talk a lot about Kevin Durant here. Uh, We're going to talk about Kevin Durant and coming to Portland. And uh, let me do a little preamble. Other than the no, probably not being the answer to the question that you're asking about Kevin Durant. Um... A, a listener had asked a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, in a mailbag episode, like, how do I choose what is newsworthy or not? And it's like, you know, some of it is just, I've, I'm, I have enough sort of connections in and around the league that I can, I know kind of what is real news and what is um, smoke. And I'm kind of like, the, my skill is kind of t- is sussing out the logic. Um, <laughs> this doesn't really pass the smell test for, is it news? But it's fun, and I think maybe the the most important thing that this show should be is entertaining. Uh, basketball is fun. We may have, we lose sight of that sometimes. So this is a fun thing. I want to say that here. This is fun. Let's have fun. Can can where did this Kevin Durant to Portland stuff come from? Let's let's talk about uh, where it all started. It started a couple different places, but in earnest, it started on Instagram, the the social media app, on Saturday afternoon when Damian Lord sent out. A story. Uh, it's like some of you are young and are going to think I'm old for explaining Instagram. Some of you are maybe a little older and be like, hey, what is an Instagram story? So I'll, I'm going to meet the older generation and bring them back to the younger generation here. Uh, the Instagram story is like, it's like a temporary photo you can put up that lasts for 24 hours. Uh, it's not like a main feed thing. It's like a little a little click through instantaneous share, uh, much more temporary shares. Those are people share like, Hey, I'm at the beach uh, type of thing. As opposed to like, here's a photo of my dog. Um, <laughs> those are the two differences. But, um, for Dame, Dame shares a photoshopped image of him and Kevin Durant wearing Portland trailblazers jerseys. He then reshares a couple other of his friends, uh, and it, commenting on it. I believe there were three different people, uh, three different little slides in his stories with Kevin Durant and him in uh, photoshopped in two trailblazers jerseys this is meaningless on its own right this is meaningless on its own like there's a couple different ways to read this and i think all of them are true at the same time number one is dame is trolling 100 he is aware of what time it is he's aware that uh free agency starts this week he's aware of the little turmoil and in, uh, in in uh, brooklyn and how the nets might be breaking it up he's he's aware of um you know kevin durant's connection to the portland trailblazers because they took greg odin and not him if you don't know that they took greg odin and not him it was a real bummer back in 2007 um like dame is trolling he's just he is just doing he is just being an internet person and like doing putting something out there for controversy i think that is like first and foremost the true Secondly, Dame probably wants to play with Kevin Durant. I think that's true in and of its own. Who wouldn't? Who among us would not want to play with Kevin Durant? I know one guy plays for the Lakers. Uh, like, But, you know, it's like pretty appealing teammate for the last 
however long, 15 years, uh, going back to 2007, uh, when he was immediately a very good scorer. And then, you know, at worst, one of the 25 best players to ever play in the NBA. That's how good Kevin Durant is. Like his, his, the, the like worst you could call him is something like the 25th best player ever. He's been incredible. Um, so that's, that's number two. Dame wants to play with Kevin Durant. Dame's trolling a little bit. And number and, and number three is like, Dame wants to put pressure on the organization to be good and win now. And if there's a swing, this big enough swing, he's going to he's gonna do it publicly as well as privately. It's not like he's not, Dame's not in constant communication with the with the front office and his people aren't in constant communication with the front office and front office around the league and, and wheeling and dealing and all of those types of things. Like that, that is absolutely happening and Dame is pulling strings and his folks are pulling strings behind the scenes you know, constantly and have been for months. Um, it's, that's just like sort of the nature of stars in the league. Right. But the sort of public posturing is to like, yeah, why not get my, get it out there. So that post lasted a couple hours. He took it down after, um, after maybe a little less than two hours, he took it off his Instagram, deleted the, deleted the, the stories off his post or to off his feed. Uh, it's, it was enough to get people's attention. People were riled up. And like I said, for those, you know, three obvious reasons, just straight up trolling, genuine interest and public posturing. Uh, I think all, th- all three are true at the same time. And I wouldn't put any, like any stronger weight on any of them because like Damian Lord might be very serious about let's play for Kevin play. I would like to play with Kevin Durant, but he also might be very serious about just like uh, trolling and having a little fun on the internet and like knowing that he's going to um, stir up, a little nonsense uh, when he when he does it, but there is like some truth here in the in the sort of like super abstract. Like if you squint as, as hard as you possibly can, you can see the sort of the, the truth behind the Kevin Durant stuff. Is because the Nets are in a bad spot. The Nets find themselves in a funk. Uh, it was reported last week in multiple spots, including by on uh, Mark Stein's uh, newsletter and also Shams Trania of the Athletic that there's there. The Kyrie Irving situation, he's, you know, he's, he's has a player option for this year and is extension eligible. Him and the Nets can't agree on an extension because who would want to give Kyrie Irving guaranteed money because he's just a, he's been a part-time employee for health reasons and for personal reasons for years. Um, It's uh, he's just, he just doesn't play very much and you don't know when you're going to get him and how much, you know, he's just, he's an inconsistent fella. Very, 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 very talented, inconsistent fella. So uh, locking in a you know a full maximum contract might cause some team to balk, particularly a team who's seen it up close. And because of the impasse or the sort of beef, the continuing impasse with with Kyrie Irving, according to Shams Trani of the Athletic, Kevin Durant is monitoring that situation. And if there is no Kyrie, if that blows up, he might ask out as well. Whoa. That would be in some ways this like massive seismic shift and it was reported right before the draft for, you know, probably because it was true then and also maximum impact heading into the big, you know, transaction day that is the NBA draft. Um, I would guess, like I'm not reporting this by any means, but I would guess some of the bigger names not moving, like uh, Jeremy Grant was traded like as this news was coming out, but before like specifically the Kevin Durant monitoring the situation type of thing came out. But the other sort of big names that were like potentially going to be traded, like Malcolm Brogdon and John Collins, uh, perhaps that slowed up the market because other teams are like, hold on, hold on. If Kevin Durant is moving and if, if, if that's going to happen or if Kyrie Irving is going to be traded, like I, we, we want to keep, we want to keep what we got 
here uh, and we'll agree to a trade down the line. But like we don't either we want to absorb something and like be a beneficiary of a giant trade or we want to get in on the madness. And like if Kevin freaking Durant is going to be traded, we want to be involved. So the answer to the question as I started the show is no, probably not. But let's have a little fun. I want to talk about how it could happen. What is a how do the Blazers get get Kevin Durant? Let's let's talk about that in the second segment because there is like like I said there's like some there is a re, there's a legitimately good chance that Kevin Durant plays for a new team next year. Uh not like not super good because like if you have Kevin Durant you're going to try as hard as you possibly can to always have Kevin Durant. I think that's that's the move. Uh but like it, it's if he does, he's powerful enough and the way the league works, if players ask out, it'll, it can happen. So let's talk about if the, it can happen and what it looks like for the Portland Trailblazers in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than ever before. If there is a Game 7 of the NHL Stanley Cup, you'll be able to bet on that. Game 6 is happening as I record this right now. If you you know, if you know, don't want to bet on hockey, you can bet on everything all summer long, including MLS action, NWSL action, uh, Major League Baseball. You can bet on combat sports and tennis and golf. Uh, whatever you're looking for, you're also going to find information to make you a more informed better. And that's the real advantage of bet online. So if you go sign up for a free account right now, you can learn what you can get on the inside, get some insider tips on how to win some money. So go take advantage today. Be an informed better, win some money. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. And I usually do that to open the third segment. We did it here, too. All right. Let's just roll into the second segment anyways. Uh, Kevin Durant, how does he get here? Here being my house in North Portland. Yeah. Um, New roommate. You can stay downstairs, Kevin. It's going to be hot this summer. Um, How does Kevin Durant end up on the Trailblazers? Again, the answer to your question is no, probably not. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It's not going to happen and probably can't happen. But let's let's I am I am nothing if not sort of thorough in fantasizing about this because Kevin Durant is so freaking good that if there is even a vague chance that he's going to be on your team or if the the best player on your team is like sort of slyly pushing for it to happen or not slyly like actively trolling and saying like get us Kevin Durant and and Yusuf Nurkic is uh retweeting the image later on with a with a puzzle piece emoji um the same puzzle piece emoji he sent out when they acquired uh uh Jeremy Grant uh like yeah sure let's let's talk about how it would happen first Kevin Durant is the beginning of a four-year max contract extension he's making about 43 million dollars this coming season as an under contract for three years beyond that um he's really stinking good like in like just as a reminder um because i think the way the nets went out this year was was pretty um like they flamed out as as loudly and as as just emphatically as any team possibly can but like in the 2021 season it was widely regarded kevin durant was widely regarded as the best player in the world um like he was the best player in the league this is the best player in the world he is like what, 11 months removed from that? 13 months removed from that, I guess? I The the NBA players are backed up a little bit. So maybe like, maybe like 11 months removed from most people, most pundits saying this is the best player in the world. Um, and then Giannis came and took it from him. And now uh, we're in a different space where Giannis is the best player in the world, but people don't say it very loudly. Uh, so... The the contract is what it is. This is the price for the best player in the world. He's also 33 years old. Um, he was also fantastic this season when healthy, but 
you know, year 15, all of that. For the Blazers to acquire Kevin Durant, it's going to be through the trade market. And the Blazers have used their large traded player exception to acquire Jeremy Grant. It was too small to absorb Kevin Durant's contract. It was never going to come into play. Uh, he's not going to hit free agency because he's under contract for four more years. Uh, so it's it's really, for everybody, Kevin Durant would be traded somewhere. Uh, and the trade is going to be big like when you trade one of the best players in the history of the sport it's a big trade uh, these guys don't these guys don't move via trade particularly often um, that's that is not how um, the best of the best go places they kind of um, wait and then march there on their own out of Oklahoma and to San Francisco and then on to on to Brooklyn is how um, one particular path went but so to make to to make a trade with Kevin Durant work the Blazers are gonna have to come up with 35 and a half million dollars in salary uh, that's not like to the penny, but 30, so I think you could have like 35.3 and get there, but 30, over $35 million in salaries to get there. One of the complications is that sign and trades, be it Yusuf Nurkic or Amphrey Simons, and you better believe it's going to be Amphrey Simons in a trade for Kevin Durant would only count for half of the money. So if you sign Ant for 22 million, it only counts as 11, uh, as far as the salary matching and trades go. So Whatever it is, like whatever it is, the Blazers are going to have to come up with $35 million. They can get there, but you have to get there with a package that appeals to a Brooklyn Nets team that you assume is tearing it down. Like they don't want, it, it makes Josh Hart, who's really valuable to good teams, maybe less valuable to to a team like, uh, to, to a team like the Nets. Uh because just because he's a little bit older and um, it's like he's not he's not a sort of young cost control player that you can grow with. Uh, Amphrey Simons, obviously, you're going to pay him a bunch of money. He's at least under contract for a little while. But some something some version of the trade would involve Eric Bledsoe, Nazir Little, Amphrey Simons, and probably the draft rights to Shaden Sharp. Like if you really want to get into the weeds here, watch the Blazers closely. If they don't sign Sharp to his contract, which is pretty pretty common, happens around the league where where a handful of rookies won't sign like into summer league, maybe like a day into summer league. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to sign my contract. That's just like posturing stuff. Everybody gets 125% of their salary slots. Um, but sometimes players hold out for whatever, but to include Shaden Sharp in a deal, he would have to not officially sign, right? So um, if he does, you can remove him from the deal. And then it's like Ant and Nas, Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow, the money, the money gets a little bit dicey for the Blazers. It's one of the challenges, but something Bledsoe's money almost certainly has to be involved. Um, Amphrey Simons probably just for the trade value and is your little just for the trade value. And even then you probably have to kill the, uh, the trade protections on the pick that's owed to the Chicago Bulls. The Blazers have a lottery protected pick owed to the Chicago Bulls until 2028. You probably have to kill the protections on that. So then you can trade future first to the Nets. And you might be saying, Mike, that's wild. That is a wild overpay. And I'd say, yeah, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin freaking Durant. That's, that, that's going, that's like, if you don't want to pay it and he's really going to be traded, someone else will. I will say this. If Kevin Durant gets traded to the Blazers, it's because he wanted to come here. It's because he said, yes. You know, Damon Lord's Instagram post. I love that Instagram post. I think I would look great. They should have drafted me over Greg Oden anyways. I'm happy to move back to the Pacific Northwest, et cetera, et cetera. Like he would have, he would be, he's not, they're not going to trade for Kevin Durant against his will. Although uh, four years under contract, um, 
it's it might be worth the risk because you're going to get two years of one of the best players in the league. Like Kevin Durant on your roster, period, gives you a chance to win an NBA title. I truly believe that. Um, Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard on your roster at the same time puts you among the title contenders. Like that that's the appeal of it. Sure, you lose Shaden Sharp. Sure, you in like in this hypothetical trade just to make the money work. Sure, you lose Nas and Ann and, and Shaden Sharp. All of your intriguing young parts. Uh, and you are thin uh, beyond your your sort of immediate depth and you're expensive. If you're, you know, a, a, have a fat luxury tax bill and all of those things. Yeah, yes, yes. I think that's one of the reasons why it won't happen. One of the many reasons why it won't happen. One, hard to concoct a trade. Two, they've got to do some finagling even to have uh, picks to trade, you know, three, Kevin Durant's got to want to come here Four, someone has to not trump their trade, all, all of those things, right? All of those things. But like you do it because it gets you there. It gets you closer than you've ever been. I mean, closer than you've been since the ever closer than you've been since the year 2000, right? Closer than you've been in the last 25 years or last 22 years and some change, certainly as, as close as you were in the early nineties. Um, and, and, you know, back in those really good teams of the late seventies, so eighties Blazers don't get a lot of love. Uh, the only time the team has ever been like a little bit bad, uh, they've been decent forever, but de- the decent forever is kind of the poison. Kevin Durant pushes you past the decent forever. You go all in and you might be saying that's a crazy package. I agree that you with it is that that's a crazy package. I also think pretty earnestly that that's about what the going rate would be to trade for a Kevin Durant under contract for four more seasons. The Nets, like I said, they're not, they don't want to do it, right? They don't want to do it. So you just cash in all of the chips you have and you absolutely go for it. It might not work, but it's as close as you would ever be. And it's it, like, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to happen. I want to be clear. I do not think it's going to happen, but it's fun. So I wanted to walk you through the logic of the fun. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you have a chance to get one of the best players in the history of the sport. One of the dude who's, you know, a year removed from being the best player in the game um, certainly has the ability to get back to that level. Someone who has the skill, the skill set and the skills to age really wonderfully. Like Kevin Durant is a bucket who's seven feet tall. Um, even if he slows down a little bit, he's still going to be able to really shoot it and be seven feet tall or six eleven for my six eleven for my measure him in shoes heads. Uh, but there was a great New York Times story about how Kevin Durant is actually seven feet tall, probably. Uh, it, let me answer let me answer the question let me, that I answered at the beginning. No, probably not. But that's the logic of how it would happen. And I hope you followed me along that logic because I mean, I w- I'm in favor of it just because it would be amazing. Uh, I don't think it would be very, maybe not very responsible, but it would be amazing. Um, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> Go for it. All of those, uh, all of the patience I was preaching around draft time, that I'm out. It's out the window. It's out the window. Uh, like, sure, it's Kevin Durant. Do what, do what it takes. Uh, and if you don't care for Kevin Durant as like a person, yeah, get in line. He's kind of an annoying fella. Uh, that's <laughs> he's um he he just he is what he is. But uh, yeah, do it, do it. If it's on the table, do it, do it. What I want to do to close the show is talk a little bit of a lesson in draft capital, a lesson in the value of draft capital, because I think I was a little bit wrong on what the Blazers were going to pay for Jeremy Grant. And then that same thing that was traded for Jeremy Grant was turned around in another trade. And I want to sort of talk about draft capital in the sort of uh, broader sense of what we learned on draft night Thursday evening. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. If Kevin Durant's going to drive here from Brooklyn, he's going to need a reliable car. And the best way to get that reliable car, driven from Bed-Stuy or Bushwick or wherever he might live, all the way to Kenton or 
Arbor Lodge, wherever he's going to move in North Portland. Uh, he's going to need reliable parts, and he's going to want to save some money and save some time. So he can head on, KD, head on over to rockauto.com. You'll save 30 50%, 100% more than if you were to go to uh, the chain auto parts store or the dealership where they just can't carry enough parts, and they're going to be more expensive even if they have them. So trust the business that's been serving uh, auto part customers, that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for two decades. It's rockauto.com. Head over to their website, see all the parts available for your car for your car or your truck. And while you're there, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked a lot about Kevin Durant. We did 20 minutes on the Kevin Durant hypothetical because it's fun. Now I want to step back into the real world a little bit. Uh, on but Prior to the draft on Wednesday, the Blazers traded a traded for Jeremy Grant. Uh, the trade hasn't gone through yet. It's still open. So like conceivably you could add a third team. You could add more parts. But like in principle, the, tre- the, the trade has been agreed to. And the, the sort of basis of the trade is the Blazers had a trade player exception. They were able to absorb... Uh, Jeremy Grant's salary perfectly into it, which really makes the adding Larry Nance Jr. to create a perfect trade player exception into that New Orleans trade. It makes you makes you look a little sideways at it, like, oh, hmm. Uh, it's uh, that coupled with Sean Strani's reporting in freaking May that this trade was going to go down. Maybe March this trade was going to go down, and then it uh, then it ultimately went down for basically exactly what the Blazers had to give. Portland struck Portland upgraded their roster with what seemingly relatively limited assets. The 2025 first round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks that is top four protected. That's the that was the sort of the bulk of the thing that they sent to the to the uh, Pistons. They also uh, you know traded back ten spots in the draft and sent a couple potentially valuable deep future first round picks three and three and four years into the future. But the reminder here is that the value of these picks changes pretty significantly with context. The 2025 first round pick has been on a journey. It was originally originally belonged to Milwaukee Bucks. They sent it to New Orleans Pelicans in along with a couple other firsts to acquire Drew Holiday. For the Bucks, it was a throw-in to go for it, to add to, you know, to complete a championship level roster, mission accomplished. And for them, it was it was the price of doing business to get it to get a star, to get that third star they desperately needed to put them over the top. And they did. For the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that's hoarding a bunch of draft picks, it was backup draft capital that allowed them to sort of wheel and deal and agree to a trade, but knowing that they would have to give it give it away in the future. And it was basically the it was the the prize that the Blazers got back. It was like Portland's not going to have to take on any long term salary that isn't Didi Luzada, um, and the only and and uh, you know potentially Josh Hart, but it's like multiple non guaranteed years. So you, if you don't want to, you can get out from under it, no problem. And you get this first round pick for your troubles. Like for that's that's the sort of the value piece that the Blazers got. And at the time, it didn't seem particularly valuable. Trading CJ McCollum for a 2025 first round pick and some other stuff. Josh Hart's pretty good, but some you know, some other stuff and a and a first rounder, it's like, eh, you know, NBA starter, first rounder doesn't doesn't seem particularly valuable. When you flip it for Jeremy Grant. It seems more valuable, but it's particularly valuable to the Pistons uh, in the way that it was less valuable to Milwaukee and maybe more valuable to the, or and not as valuable, not particularly valuable to Milwaukee, not particularly valuable to um, 
to New Orleans, it becomes pretty valuable to the Pistons because it's a future first-round pick and they take on no money, but they get this future first-round pick. And the Pistons turned around on draft night and flipped that, it flipped the 2025 first-round pick. Uh, The deal hasn't been finalized, so I I believe that pick is going uh, to the Knicks and the Knicks are sending another pick to the Hornets, but that pick might be going to the Hornets. But regardless, they used it in a trade that allowed them to acquire the 13th pick in the 2022 NBA draft. The Pistons absorbed some bad money from the Knicks, did the Knicks a favor, and ended up getting themselves uh, the 13th pick in the draft. For the Pistons, the 2025 first-round pick ended up being worth a lottery pick. That 2025 first, again, from Milwaukee to New Orleans, from New Orleans to Portland, from Portland to Detroit, and Detroit out into the world, I believe to Charlotte. Uh, When the dust settles on that very confusing trade, we can track where that 2025 pick is. But it has... These picks have different values in different contexts. And I think when I was like going through all the trade stuff and saying, hey, the Blazers don't have a lot to trade, you it's a reminder to consider the context for each team. For a team like the Pistons that was going to, hey, let us get out from, let us shed as much money as possible. This pick's great for us. And then let us take on some bad money and we'll send that pick in as like, as the way that to facilitate upgrading in this draft and taking on some bad money, sort of double double favors um, for for teams. Like then that then the pick had real value. Um, I think the context of trade parts matter, uh, and wh- the Blazers are heading into the off season with not a lot of paths to be players in free agency. Like they have the mid level exception. Um, so does you know that's a tool that a lot of teams have. So it's not like a real advantage over other teams. It's, it's basically their tool and a tool that other people have in their tool belt. But like Portland, Portland has some chances to make trades. Uh, they've, you know, they've got some back half of the roster stuff and they've got some second rounders and conceivably they could make a deal with Chicago or, or trade a, a differently protected first round pick than what's owed to Chicago. Like and I think the reminder as we head into free agency, we head into this offseason in earnest, is that like when I'm when I'm considering these trades, talking to you, and when you're considering these trades, you know, sending me emails and tweets and stuff, it's like the context of what it will mean for the other teams are uh, are super important. I think that 2025 first round pick is a good sort of um, a good microcosm of that phenomenon. Is that everyone is teams are are in different stages of building different stages of whatever and um you know different stages of roster construction and the value of these picks changes within the context for sure a couple other pieces of news uh josh hart's contract became fully guaranteed over the weekend uh hart is you know he's really good and his he's pr- probably better than he's going to get than the money he's going to get paid this year uh probably underpaid in the league he's the only way the Blazers would have not guaranteed uh, Josh Hart's contract is if they were making the max contract play, like if they were going to uh, renounce, uh, you know, their trade exceptions, which they already used in Jeremy Grant. So that was the de- the dream died then. But uh, if they were going to tr- if they were going to create a max salary slot, that was the only reason they weren't going to have Josh Hart. Otherwise, it makes more sense to guarantee his contract and then he can be traded. Like um, he's. You either keep him on the team because he's a good bas- good basketball player, or you trade him because you need another good basketball player. I mean, but this was that's sort of a piece of housekeeping. Josh Hart's contract fully guaranteed as of June twenty fifth. Another thing I want to say, and I missed this last week uh, amidst the draft stuff, is rest in peace to Caleb Swanigan, former Blazer, a two time Blazer who dealt with a lot in his life to make it to the league, and then was out of the league shortly thereafter. Didn't you know? Didn't finish his rookie contract. And clearly was dealing with a lot of stuff. Uh, had always had 
a lot of issues with weights. And when he was out of the league again, his weight ballooned back up. Like he had lost a ton of weight as a youth to become an incredibly good uh, college basketball player. And then, you know, a first round pick in the NBA draft and and, an NBA player realizing his dream. And then when he was out of the league, um, there was, you know, just photos of him surface of him again, dealing with, uh, you know, the struggles that he had his whole life. This is someone who grew up in the immense poverty, in and out of homeless shelters. Uh, when I was in his rookie year, I wrote a story about him, like going back to Utah and driving by the old homeless shelter that he had lived in with his you know, family members and seeing that had been torn down and replaced by condos. And he was like, it, it, w- it was moving to him to see the change both in himself and in, in and in the town that he had, you know, in the in the city that he had spent a brief, brief time in. He moved a lot as a child. This is, so rest in peace to Biggie Swanigan. Uh, you know, someone who I didn't get to know well in my, you know, I, I was a day-to-day reporter covering the team, beat reporter covering the team when he was on the team. So I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, around him in the locker room, but he, I still didn't forge like a deep relationship with him. But I, I, I want to say this, the best part of being a fan is getting to root for guys like Caleb Swanigan, getting to root for guys who made who made it to the league despite some obstacles and to, who are, who got to their ultimate goal or got to achieve a dream, I should say, beyond ultimate goal. It's, we all have different goals, but got to achieve a dream that seems so far from likely. And it's also a reminder that these guys are humans. And we're rooting for laundry and rooting for, you know, whoever's got the pinwheel on their chest or the sash across their jersey, whatever it might look like. But these are people dealing with real problems out in the real world and um, to treat basketball players, even on your favorite team with grace, regardless if you're capable of doing so, because the point of rooting for these teams, the point of that I always try to get across my podcast is that joy is fleeting. So cling tightly to it when you have it. And I think the best way I can remember Caleb Swanigan is to say, I will cling tightly to the, his, the joy of remembering covering his rookie year, a guy who made it, a guy who achieved that dream, uh, because that's the best way that I know to preserve a memory for someone of someone like that is remember the true joy of seeing someone achieve their dream. Uh, rest in peace, Biggie. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, more shows this week. Free agency starts on Thursday. Uh, Lockdown Blazers rolls along five days a week available wherever you get podcasts. So why don't you make it part of your daily routine? Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to make it part of their daily routine and make it their first listen. And then come back for more. Come back for tomorrow's show. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.